0: Oh, hi.
1: Hey, good morning everybody. Thanks for joining us and thank you for joining us online. We stand up here in the building. We're going to sing and worship the Lord with one voice. Come on, sing with me. We're going to proclaim his name together. Let a shout of praise to the Lord this morning. Amen. Father, thank you for that truth that we're singing, that we're that we're singing, you've given us hope. That we can marvel at who you are and in in the time of the season. So Father, thank you for that truth. And I, I thank you every week for the hope that you've given us in your son. And so we're praying that all together. Everybody said, Amen.
2: Come on, we can celebrate that. Would you guys pray with me? Lord, what a, um, well, what a blessing it is to gather, um, Lord, here in the church and, and gather with those online. Lord, we're, we want to praise your name forever, truly. Uh, God, that there's, nothing, there's nothing in this world uh, that's worth praising except for you. And so, Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And you are God Emmanuel. You are God with us. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Good to be with you. Everybody excited about Christmas? It's happening, right? I know. You are excited, my friend. I love that. <laughs> yeah, this is good. I love it. You know, uh, Christmas time is uh, is obviously looking a little bit different, but that don't mean that we aren't celebrating something worth celebrating, which is Jesus. Amen. We have something to celebrate, and so I just want to remind you a few things. One that our Christmas Eve services are one, three, five, and seven. So here's a few pieces of information: one, three, five, and seven. And we're asking everybody to register online, let us know which service you are coming, and so we can uh, appropriately uh, prepare for everybody and and get everything situated. Um, But register online, and then the three and the five is when there's going to be kids. So that means... Um, infant through nursery. Or in, so nursery care, infant through three years old downstairs. And so uh, let us know um, if you have kids coming during the three and the five. You can do that online. That's, that's uh, infant through three years old. So there will be nursery care at the three and the clock and the five o'clock. So one, three, five, and seven. We look forward to seeing you all on Christmas Eve. It's happening, people. It's this week. Um, and then that Saturday, the 26th, we want to let you know that the Saturday night service is canceled. Um, we will see you on Sunday, the 27th and kids are going to be in the service because it's pajama day. Now I had to be very specific last service. This is kids pajama day, right? So if adults are showing up in your, you know, full onesies, you know, we'll have, you know, I don't know. We'll just smile. We'll, we'll love you. Um, but we're going to have our pajama day for the kids on Sunday, the 27th. And so we'll see you guys on Sunday, the 27th. It's going to be fun. We'll do some creative things in the service and it'll, it'll be, it'll be good. Looking forward to that. Um, guys, our birthday gift to Jesus, our goal is $90,000. Our goal is $90,000, and let's just thank the Lord for the progress. We're seeing $38,027. is not that exciting? I love seeing, you know, what, what is all uh, coming in, and we're just thankful for, you know, how you're giving and just being on mission with us. And uh, Pastor Ken, you want to share more what's going on with the birthday gift to Jesus? So I want to tell you that being, being a parent and having kids you know, Ken has talked about him and Rhonda have raised their kids to, to be a part of this. And last night, you know, we had a young adults Christmas party and my kids received uh, some money in their white elephant gifts. And I will tell you that they want to give it to the birthday gift of Jesus.
3: Oh, isn't that awesome? Let's thank God for that. God is working. Amen. We have. Well, I want to thank you for your faithfulness and giving. God's been so good. And, you know, our giving has remained strong and our giving we're able to keep up our commitment to every missionary that we support all year round, uh, as well as on the birthday gift of Jesus so far. Our goal is $90,000, and the list is in the foyer. I know we haven't been handing out bulletins. We're not even passing the plate down the aisle. Don't want you to get anything off the offering plate, right? So we're not even doing any of those type of things right now. We're giving through the box on the wall and the, the back of the auditorium and the foyer through the mail and online. And I just want to thank you, those that are in the auditorium and those that are giving uh, through at home, watching online. God has been faithful, and he's been moving and doing some really great things. I I want to highlight just a few of the people in our birthday gift to Jesus here. Number one is Greg and Nancy Fritz. Greg and Nancy are some uh, really great couple. They are actually uh, related to the Baker family, and he has a, a group called Anda and. And their leadership, and what he does is he helps people. He's getting the gospel into the 1040 window by helping people that understand business and help them to go in and and just start their own businesses and help them support and uh, make a contribution into society, and also how that 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 give them the gospel. So he's using something that he's passionate about. He's coming through the back door. Also, the uh, his wife Nancy equips children's ministry leaders all throughout the world. And if you look here, at the map of where they their target is is the 1040 window and a lot of those countries and many of them it's illegal to be a christian and so they are going in through different means and so other places we can go in we hold church services these folks are going in and they're they're training leaders to go in uh and and do the work so i want to encourage you to be praying for greg and nancy fritz they're just an incredible couple and the church has supported them for Probably 30 years, I would imagine. Also, uh, the next one I want to highlight today is Kathy Galker. Kathy Galker is a missionary in Haiti. Her and, uh, and there's two ladies. The the, the two of them are single ladies. They have, uh, they're from right here in Dunbar, Pennsylvania. And they have gone down for thirty years into Haiti. What they do is they they'll leave like the first week or second week of January, and they will stay all the way pretty much till Thanksgiving or right around there, and then they'll come home and they do that their cycle every year. So they're currently home for the for the month of December, and then they'll be heading back out here. But they run an orphanage, and so they have uh, they have hundred kids in an orphanage, and they've been doing this ministry for thirty years. And you can see a picture of them there that how they're teaching, and they give God's word and and. They are known, uh, they have a great name in in Haiti, they're they're making a big impact for God. We were supposed to go down and visit them. This is actually Tracy Mulhorn's aunt. So you know Tracy Mulhorn who comes here. Tracy and Abby Mulhorn. This is their aunt. And she's a great lady. This lady, have actually met these folks and sat down on top of them. They have a passion to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we're, as we're supporting them, not only are you supporting them, but you're helping to feed orphans. There's little kids that are getting a meal. They, you know, when a missionary receives funds, they don't just take care of themselves. They take care of the people. And so they're, they're taking uh, and, and making sure that they have rice and bananas and things like that for the kids to eat and just making sure the place is sustaining. They they give them an education. Uh, These people are incredible. Another one of our missionaries, this one is in Port of Prince Haiti. This is Daniel Francois. Daniel Francois, we've supported the church that he pastors for over 30 years from this church. We started supporting... uh, Massillion, Francois, which was his father. Uh, back in the day, a number of us went down there. We visited this church. We have been there. I have personally been there. We have paid rent on this church for 30 years. Help contribute to pay rent. Can we thank God for that? That's a long-term commitment, folks. All right? So so we're we're helping. And, and so uh, Massilian passed away, and his son Daniel ta- has stepped up, and he's the pastor of the church. And, and I get these letters, and they tell me how that, you know, the political unrest was so bad that there was gorillas running around with guns, and, and you know, they're afraid to go out to even get food, and they have all the, all this turmoil. And then COVID. Now you have COVID on top of all that unrest in the world like that. Uh, these people are really going through some suffering. We're, we're able to continue to support them. The next one is Fritz Voltaire. Fritz is an uh, Also in Port of Prince Haiti. He has an orphanage. And man, when I get these letters back about the people that we're able to to, to feed, when you give to this birthday gift to Jesus, you're helping to feed orphans in Haiti, feed orphans in the Philippines, feed orphans in Ecuador. God is using you around this globe. So we're, we're supporting missionaries. We're encouraging missionaries. Some are using it for, for their basic needs to live. Others are, are feeding orphans and taking care of the people. And so I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness in giving. And as you give, let's put Jesus at the top of your birthday gift, at uh, uh, the top of the list. It's his birthday. And so I would encourage you. You know, I, I have my list. Up. Well, I have to go out and get my wife a gift yet, all right? So it's early. It's early. So I will be going out tomorrow. I'll see you out there tomorrow at 5.30. So anyhow, uh, that, we, we, I have my wife on the list. I have my kids on the list. I have my, uh, even Hunter will get something out of me. My nephew, oh, Hunter, all right? So, so, but listen, at the end of the day, Jesus is first. And so I've, like Luke said, I've taught my kids that. And so I love hearing my adult kids now. Tell me how the Dave watched God supply, and so I've watched in my own life. My wife and I, she she had this envelope and she was saving cash. I'm like, what are you doing with that? Like. You know, cause I'm not allowed cash, cause I spend it, right? So, so, uh, she, she, she's been keeping this little stash and she said, that's our birthday gift for Jesus. And I said, yes, thank you Lord for a wife that doesn't let me spend it. So, I'm just thankful for what God is doing and, and I want to say thank you, uh, for your faithfulness today. So Luke, if you'll pray and just thank God for the faithfulness of giving and remember these missionaries today in prayer before, before the Lord.
2: Lord, thank you so much for the privilege it is to be, um, to partner with these wonderful missionaries, Lord, from Haiti to, um, Lord, just different places all over the world. The 1040 window, God, we're thinking of our missionaries and we're thinking of those who are taking uh, the gospel, Lord, to places that are are even dangerous, Uh, Lord. uh, We just think of places, people, uh, people just ministering in places that we wouldn't even know where to begin. And God, you've given them a specific mission. Uh, and so thank you for uh, allowing us to be on um, on a team with these missionaries. Lord, we pray that as we continue to give, Lord, that you would just reveal yourself to us, that you would teach us how to give, that you would teach us, uh, Lord, that there's something greater um, beyond ourselves. And so, Lord, thank you that that's the, just a the small picture of the gospel. It's so much bigger than we can possibly Understand, Lord, so thank you for these missionaries. We pray just safety and, and health over their families, Lord, as they uh, just weather the different uh, political unrest and just the difficult uh, difficulties and complications that uh, this pandemic has produced, uh, Lord, in so many ways. And so, Lord, we lift them before you and thank you that as a church that we can partner with them, uh, Lord, in your name. And, Lord, we ask all things in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: Thank you, James Sullivan. We appreciate you. That was an awesome job on the guitar. Let's thank him again. What a good job, James. I, uh, I'm so thankful for our church family. I just love sometimes when you can sit back and take some of those things in and just just enjoy. And we're thankful for, for, for our family here at the church. We, uh, we're in a series entitled It's a Wonderful Life, and as we're going along the journey... It is a wonderful life and I want to show you how to have the wonderful life. We've been talking about several aspects of the wonderful life. We've been looking at the movie, a few clips from this movie, The Wonderful Life with uh, Jimmy Stewart. How many have watched this movie? How many have seen the movie? Okay. How many have seen it recently? You watched it this Christmas. All right, a few of you. You've seen a few clips, and some people told me they'd never seen it. They saw a few clips in, in, in church, and they went home, and, and they uh, got it on Amazon Prime or whatever, and they started watching it, and they're having a ball with it. It was a movie made in 1946, I believe. It was the first time it was released, 1946, black-and-white movie, just a, just a good old film, and uh, it's got a powerful story. Last week we left off where George Bailey has got this issue. George Bailey is praying. Uh, you know he has a financial crisis. He's eight thousand dollars in debt. You know, and in that movie, eight thousand dollars in debt is like a really high number. Today that's not a very high number. I mean it is, but it's not. But in that day it was a really high number. It was like it was like being hundred thousand dollars in debt. Just just a ridiculous amount of money, and and he's going to let his family down. He's going to let his wife down. Uh, he has this meeting with Mr. Potter, and Mr. Potter says, Wow, you're worth more dead than alive, and he begins to believe this stuff. And what he does is he looks at life through his problems. He starts to look at all life, and he sees all the problems of life. And as he's looking at the problems of life, he goes into the tank. And we left off last week where he prays. He says, God, if there's a way, would you please somehow just show me the way? Well, I'm going to show you um, show you what happens here. He leaves there. He gets in the car, and as he drives the car, he ends up wrecking the car because he had too much to drink. He wrecks the car, and uh, as he gets out of the car, he ends up going down to a bridge. and uh, And as he's looking over the bridge, well, let's pick up here in the in the clip.
4: didn't have time to get some stylish underwear. Wife gave me this on my last birthday. <laughs> I passed away in it. Oh, Tom Sawyer's drying out, too. You should read the new book Mark Twain's writing now. How did you happen to fall in? I didn't fall in. I jumped in to save George. You're what? You're, to save me. Well, I did, didn't I? I had to work quickly. That's why I jumped in. I knew if I were drowning, you tried to save me. You see, you did. And that's how I saved you. Uh, uh, very funny. Your lips bleeding, George. Yeah. I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer a little bit ago. Oh, no, 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 George. I'm the answer to your prayer. That's why I was sent down here. How'd you know my name? Oh, I oh, know all about you. I've watched you grow up from a little boy. What are you, a mind reader or something? <laughs> well, who are you, then? Clarence Oddbody, AS2. Oddbody. AS2, what, what, what's that AS2? Angel, second class. Come
3: um, to, uh, to the bridge, and he's seeing, you know, bleak moments... And obviously, this guardian angel jumps in. So it's a fictitious movie, folks. So we're not teaching on angels. I'm going to teach you about life. All right. So he talks, and this this guardian angel jumps in to stop him, and and he jumps in to to save the guardian angel. Right? He doesn't know who it is. And so, like he says, listen, I'm the answer to your prayer. And and, and interesting, he said, you know, that that busted lip was was an answer to his prayer. So, so he prayed and, and then all of a sudden he starts to see some answers and, and what happens in the movie is that this angel, Clarence, Clarence takes George Bailey on a journey and, and, cause what happens was George Bailey makes a statement and says, I wish I had never been born. I mean, he's facing the biggest of problems. He's facing a big financial disaster, a big crisis. He's going to let the whole world down, and so he says, "I wish I had never been born." And Clarence says, "Okay, your wish is granted. Let me show you what it's like." And he takes him along this journey, and he says, "Okay, you remember your brother?" He takes him to his brother's grave. He goes, "Well, how can this be? My bro- I saved my brother from drowning." He goes, "Well, George, you you weren't there. You, you, you wish you wouldn't. You wish you had never lived. And so, had you not lived, your brother would have drowned. Your bro- you know, and he would that wouldn't have happened. And then he goes over to the to the next. To the next person, and he shows them, hey, here's Mary, here's, here's, your, here's your wife, Mary. And Mary doesn't recognize him. Mary's, Mary's terrified at this guy who's trying to hug her. And, and she calls the police. And, and so he goes through all these instances, and he realizes that his life had more purpose than it did problems. And you see, that is one of the, pro, one of the things that happened to us. Many times, we go to the problems We see the crisis, we see the problems of life, and we get down. It is so easy, folks, when we have a crisis, to only see the problems and forget our purpose. One of the lines that Clarence says to him, he says, uh, you know, uh, George is looking for his wallet, looking for his identification. He says, um, sorry, George, you're nobody. You have no identity. Nobody ever. You didn't exist. And so he's looking around. He's saying, man, and, and he creates this this desire for truly to have life. And so George had been living life, but he lost his purpose. And, folks, that can happen to anybody. We can live life. You can go through the motions of life and easily lose your purpose. And one of the things that I'm thankful for today is our theme verse, is John 10, 10. And The Scripture says that the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have an abundantly, more abundant, a full an exceeding amount of life. And so, folks, I want to take you to that. If you're following along in your notes this morning, the first point in your notes, and I encourage you to keep grabbing these as you come in off the little table out there. The first point in your notes today is this. We can miss the wonderful life by searching for it in the wrong places. It's so easy for us to miss the wonderful life if we search for it in the wrong place. You know, most of us come to life and we expect life to produce for us. And I think that's a legitimate expectation, but if I can help you understand that that is the wrong place, it isn't going to produce. The book of Ecclesiastes is written by Solomon, and Solomon was uh, uh, the wisest king ever to live. He was the richest king ever to live, and he writes this, and it's known in the Scripture as part of what is known in the Old Testament as wisdom literature. So if you open the book of Ecclesiastes, you see all this wisdom. And as you're reading it, you kind of get a little bit depressed because the wisdom that he gives is kind of depressing at moments. Let me just give you a few verses from, from Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 18. This was Solomon's perspective. Now remember, he was the richest man alive. He had, you know, he had hundreds of wives. He had all kind of servants. He had all kind of money. He had everything. And he says, I have come to hate all my hard work on earth, for I must leave to others everything that I have earned. Isn't that a little bit sobering? Like, I've worked hard. Now, that's something that we're not thinking about until you get near the end, right? When you're 30 years old, you don't think about, who's going to have all this when I'm done with it? You're thinking about what you're going to do with it. And as you get closer to the end of life, you think about, okay, I've worked hard. My kids are going to get this. Who's going to take this? Will they do well with this? Verse 19, and who can tell whether my successors will be wise or foolish, yet they will control everything I have gained by my skill and hard work under the sun. How meaningless. You know, as you, as you read the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon has given us this, this picture of emptiness. He says, listen, there's a time and a season for everything. There's so much that's up and down. There's a cycle of life. You know, and I want you to think about this because life is a cycle, isn't it? You know, it just seems to me like yesterday we were putting up these trees in in, in 2019. You know, last, last year we pulled them out and then then we put them away. And then, man, we, we go to get them out again. It's like, you know, here we go again. And we, you know, pretty soon we're going to put them back away again. And then I'm going to blank, and we'll be here next year. Just with a little bit less hair, right? We'll be here again next year and, and all of a sudden we'll be, we'll be doing this routine again. It's like, and, and he keeps saying this over and over, how meaningless. And so when he comes to work, he says, how meaningless. And I want you to think about like, like your visions for, in your plans for your life. Oh, how meaningless. Man, like, like we gotta have plans, we gotta have direction, but man, if I'm relying on life to produce something for me, I, I'm going to be finding the same word, how meaningless vanity, vanity, all is vanity, how meaningless, it's like a soap bubble, boom, it's here and it's just gone, wow, uh, you know, at the beginning of 2020, do you remember everybody talking about what's your 2020 vision, you know, what's my vision for 2020 for the church, close down for three months, go hoard toilet paper, you know, that's, that wasn't my vision, right, you know, at least we had toilet paper at the church, we never ran out here, uh, But uh, I want to encourage you, think about this. As hard as life is, in in the cycle of life, if I'm relying on the things of this world to meet my inner needs, it won't do it. And so Solomon here says, listen, in in regards to work, it's the wrong place to look for your fulfillment. Well, therefore, what do I do with it? He He continues on. He says, some people work wisely with knowledge and skill. Then they must leave the fruit of their efforts to someone who hasn't worked for it. This too is meaningless. It's a great tragedy. So what do people get in this life for all their hard work and anxiety? Verse 22. What do people get for all their hard work in this life and all their anxiety? Their days of labor are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds cannot rest. It's all meaningless. Boy, doesn't that verse sound a little bit like the world we're living in today? Man, their minds cannot rest at night. It's meaningless. And so simply put, uh, the the world is not going to give you the wonderful life. Your career isn't going to give you the wonderful life. Your your family isn't going to give you the wonderful life. Uh, Anything in this earth cannot give you the wonderful life. It's got to come from God. Well, what do we do with this? I want you to consider this because Solomon understood this as he handed this off and his son inherited the kingdom. Do you realize that his son, Solomon's son, became the next king? He inherits the kingdom and he makes some foolish decisions and immediately the kingdom is split. I mean Solomon was the, the. I mean he has an incredible name. Jesus even, and when he's talking in the New Testament, says you know, he, he refers to Solomon. Solomon was a big deal, and his successor steps up, and the cookie crumbles right away. It's all meaningless. Look what he continues on. Verse 24, he says this. He says, I decided there's nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. So he says, listen, I, I want you to enjoy life. I want you to go through this life. And, and listen, you've got to work, so you might as well enjoy work. You might as well enjoy uh, the things that you're going to be living. He says, but then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. Is Solomon somehow suggesting that we just make a big party, act irresponsibly? No, he's encouraging us to take pleasure in what we're doing and to enjoy life because it's from the hand of God. You see, true enjoyment in life only comes from the hand of God, and it only comes from when you're living in the guidelines that God has given to you. God's given us His Word. He's given us the wonderful life. And as you're reading, reading God's Word, you'll find, man, God has given us the principles and the, the way to live that, that make this thing absolutely wonderful. And you can enjoy life even in the midst of problems. Even in the midst of all the 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 upside down world that we're living, and listen, the world is not going to get not upside down. It's been upside down for years. The pandemic just showed it to you a little bit a little bit louder. You got to see the the upside downness of the world. So I I want you to think about this. You can't get satisfaction without God. Your soul, like my soul, does not get satisfied putting up that tree. You know, we we uh, we go through the cycle of life. We put up the tree, we tear it down. At home, we're a live tree family, so we go through that cycle of life too. We we put up the live tree, and then the live tree, you know, it it doesn't doesn't work anymore. It 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 dies, right? You you got to keep feeding them water. You put up the live tree. We have some live tree memories. I'll tell you, don't you have a live tree memory? You put up a live tree and you go to church and you come home after it's decorated and you find it on the floor. That's happened a few times. Artificial, it doesn't, right? So, so I can't go to my live tree for satisfaction. I can't go to anything for satisfaction. I've got to go to God for satisfaction. And when I come to put God into the equation, now I can enjoy this life, but I'm not getting my satisfaction from this life. Do you see the difference? I can enjoy the things. These are just gifts from God. Uh, this is a temporary assignment. These are gifts from God. But God says that, listen, I want you to enjoy what I've given you. As we continue on, George Bailey, he goes through and he finds out that he, uh, that he really does have a purpose. And he sees that, man, if he weren't there, what would have happened in the world? What the world the, they would have named the town. Bedford Falls would have become Portersville. Uh, Pottersville it would become Pottersville after Mr. Potter, uh, who was the the financial mean guy in the picture. Right. So it says it become Pottersville. And so he realizes that, man, he did have an impact. And, and I want you to see this in your life because you do have a purpose. You do have a meaning. And so George Bailey comes back to that very bridge. And let's pick up in the clip here.
4: Help me, Clarence! Clarence. Get me back! Get me back, I don't care what happens to me! Get me back to my wife and kids! Help me, Clarence, please! Please! I want to live again! I want to live again! I want to live again! Please, God, let me live again!
0: George! George! You all right?
1: Hey, what's the matter? Now, get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again. Get out of here. What the Sam Hill are you yelling
4: for, George? You... George. Bert, do you know me? Know you? Huh, you kidding? I've been looking all over town
1: trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding.
4: Are you sure you're all right? What you... (laughs)
0: Ha! <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert. My mouth's bleeding. petals! pedals. Zootoot. There they are. Bert, what do you know about that? Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry. Merry. Yeah!
3: Alright, so he even goes back and he sees the things that that had caused him troubles and he begins to be happy about them because he is alive. And he comes back and says, alright, the world didn't happen without me. I do have a meaning and I do have a purpose. And so as we continue on with with Ecclesiastes, check this out here, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, Solomon gives us a little bit more wisdom, alright? So we want to live, we want to have the wonderful life, and he's going to tell us from the book of Ecclesiastes, I'm going to show you. The wonderful life. It's really powerful. Ecclesiastes three nine. What do people really get for all their hard work? I love that. What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. And so what what he's saying when he says, I see the burden God has placed, he's saying that listen, my life is a gift from God. I've got to understand this, and if you're filling in your notes there, my life is a gift from God. And think about this today, because when you go through life and he, you see the burden, man, what, what do you really get from work? However, God gave me the ability to work. Uh, listen, this is painful. This is toiling, and yeah, I can I can build up my wealth, and and my the, you know my kids can squander it. All that stuff can happen. But listen, my life in the meantime is a gift from God. And as you're going through life, and you see the problems in life, if you will take this perspective, it will change your attitude about life. If we accept life as a gift from God, now when we have hardship, when we have trials. We will understand and we'll have a better attitude toward the burden because these are the things that God has given us. God has given us life. My life is a gift from God. Yet, look at this verse 11, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the scope, uh, cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. God has made everything beautiful in its own time, in his own time, in God's timetable. You know, did you, did you ever um, work on somebody else's timetable? When we're, when we're living life, I want you to understand you're working on God's timetable. There are things that have happened in your life that you cannot understand that make you upset and you are terribly grieved over. But God says he makes everything beautiful in his time. The best way I can explain that is: uh, Have you ever been, ever noticed the family that's getting ready to go to church? You know, let's just take Christmas Eve for example. You want to get there in time on Christmas Eve, right? It's a big day, and everybody's dressing up or whatever. They're all excited to go to Christmas Eve service, and and uh, and so there, you know, somebody. There's one person in the family who wants to get there on time. Is it mom or dad? Which one will it be? I don't know. Is it mom? Okay, in your family it's mom. How many families is dad? Okay, dad's in the car. So dad's in the car fuming, you know, he's sitting there blowing the horn until everybody comes out. Uh, so some, in our family that can be either one of us, Right? We could, you know, sometimes it's her, sometimes it's me. So one of us is just antsy because, you know, you, you just don't even know what a clock is, right? And then, uh, and then you've got three kids. And as you're waiting on your three kids, invariably there's one of them that doesn't even know it's Christmas Eve. Um, the other one is stuck in the bathroom doing her hair, right? Uh, or whatever else they need to do for about five hours in there. So they're, they're in there all day. And, and, the, and the dad's sitting in the car. And he just fuming. He goes, don't you have a clock? And, and we got to get there on time. And so the whole family's just filled up with tension, right? Because they're not on the same timetable. God says he makes everything beautiful not on your timetable but on his now you can understand because maybe you're going through life and you're sitting in the driver's seat and you're blowing that horn and you're angry because they just can't get ready on time. You're angry because the things of life didn't work out the way you wanted them to work out. They You have been disappointed. Your expectations have not been met. And God says, whoa, 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 whoa. I want you to understand I have given you This gift of life. And everything works out for beautiful. I make it beautiful in my time. And he says he has planted eternity in the human heart. The second thought under the wonderful life. My life is a gift from God. God has placed eternity in my heart. This is important because God places within humans eternity. There's a longing inside of us that there's something more. There has to be something more. The older that you get... Now, young people, you won't catch this until you become an old people. All right? That's just what happens, right? When you become old people, you start to look at life differently. All this is because you need glasses, I guess, right? So it's like when you're older, you look back and you say, Wow. When I was young, I'll tell you what, somebody talked about placing eternity in my heart. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. Now I'm 52, I'm saying, thank God there's eternity in my heart. Because I'm closer to the end of the story. Like there's less pages to turn in my book now. But when I was all the way at the beginning, and by the way, none of us know when our book will end. Your book can end today. It could end tomorrow. We don't know. But what happens is God has placed eternity in our heart. So for all of us, there's a sense of there has to be more. Like, you you go out and you've been very successful at your work and you you make a lot of money. You're successful in your family, successful in your community. You've reached the epitome of it. Somebody once said in regards to work that there's two tragedies that can happen. You set some goals, right? And so there's two tragedies. You can meet your goals or you can not meet your goals. At the end of your life, you met your goals. You're 70 years old. You met your goals. Now what do you do? What do you do with the rest of your life? I met my goals. Or you're 70 and you're frustrated because you didn't meet your goals. In other words, this life doesn't produce it. Eternity, there's something more. So God has placed eternity in my heart. And uh, God accomplishes His purpose in His time. And we will never understand it. We will never comprehend the scope of God's work until we are in eternity. There are things I tell you right now, folks. There are things in my life that I still wonder and I still have questions about why did that happen that way when I get to heaven I will see God's timetable right now I'm like the guy in the car blowing the horn and saying man can we just get this moving uh, there's been many waiting times in my life I have waited and waited and waited and waited and I'm saying God are you there and God says yeah I am I am, and and I'm giving you more than work. I'm giving you more than the things. I'm giving you more than anything this world can offer. Ecclesiastes 3.12, he continues on. I love this. So I concluded there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. He says to be happy. Enjoy life. Uh, You can enjoy life even though there's problems. I I want to encourage you. The The third thing for the wonderful life there is I can enjoy life now. You don't have to wait to eternity to start to enjoy the life that God has given you. He said, I've come that you might have an abundant life and, 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 and enjoy life. I have tried to make that uh, a, a way to live. Enjoy God's gifts no matter how difficult life gets. Enjoy His gifts. God has given you so many things. He's given you so many gifts. I, uh, I absolutely love life. I, I've tried to absolutely enjoy life. You know, I've found out I only get to do this once. Whoa, what a revelation, right? I get to do this once. Like, there will never be another 2020. Amen? Like, 2020 is done. we got a week to go, guys. Yeah, yeah, he's happy. Let's give that man a hand down there, all right? Yeah. Yeah! Me and you, we're going to see each other afterwards. We're going to get some cookies, all right? So, uh, we'll have a good time. Um, I can enjoy life now, man. I, I can have fun. I can, I can take life in stride, even though it was a rough year, even though the whole globe is under oppression. And when you think of some of those Christmas songs, talking about how God came in the darkest of times, I'm starting to understand some of those now. It's darkness. This whole world is filled with darkness. Oh, man, what do we do? How do I enjoy life when I have problems? There was a, uh, a famous preacher. It was a British Methodist preacher. His name was William Sangster. He had, learned that he, had this, uh, he had learned that he had a disease. It was a terminal disease known as progressive muscular atrophy. He learned that he would not get well. It's uh, very similar to ALS, but I under, my understanding is that it affects primarily the lower extremity of the body. And uh, this man vowed, he said, I'm going to make four resolutions for the rest of my life. Because he said he wanted to enjoy life. He wanted to do what these verses said here. Because he had an eternal perspective. He understood that there was something inside him. He understood that his life was a gift from God. He understood that God has given him something beyond this life. And he understood that he's to enjoy this life. So here were his four resolutions, all right? You might want to jot them down. Number one, I will never complain. Never complain. That's a hard one, isn't it? It seems to me, you know, right now we had 10 inches of snow this week. How many times have you complained this week? Yeah, there you go. A few of you, yeah. A few of you, yeah. Like it's, yeah, you too, right? So uh, we, we've had a, a few inches of snow, 10 inches of snow. We had a little bit this morning, you know. Uh, for me, I, you know, it gets below 60. I get cold. All that stuff happens, right? Um, but imagine having the lower extremity of your body start to shut down. He said, I will never complain. He said, I will keep my home bright. My home will not be a place of darkness. It will not be a place of complaining. It will not be a hopeless place. I want my family, my wife, my kids. I will lead my family, even though I have a terminal situation, to the brightness of God. I will count my blessings. Just count them up. I can't walk. I'm going to die, he says, but I will count my blessings. You know what I was doing this year as we were going through the darkest of days when I would come up and I would just run church, me by myself, the guy up in the video room. I started to count my blessings and I said, wait a minute, the world is, I've never seen church like this. I started to think, well, you know, Pastor John, he led the church for 47 years. He never had to shut the church down for three months. He hands it to me, and i got to shut down the church for three months. Thanks, Pastor. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to count my blessings. So you know what I did? I started to thank God for the video team. And, you know, I called them the unsung heroes. Mike Gillio, Keller Lohman, um, Josh Wyckoff, Keith Gurchowski, I'm sure I'm missing a few other guys, but there, there's a team of them up there. And they're, they're in this little hole in the wall up in the balcony. And, and they've got these digital cameras, and they're zooming around. And right now, Mike Gillio is somewhere remote, making sure that this thing is is, is streaming well. And, and, and I just started to count my blessings. And I said, you know what, God, we have an incredible family. And I, and I started to go through the names of the people in the church, and I just started to say, okay, God, Look, I'm so thankful for the families of our church. These are the people that you've given to us. And and began to pray for uh, one another. And just just began to get my perspective off of how much my pain was. Because at that moment, it's so easy to go, well, woe is me. I'm the pastor and there's nobody in the building. God did something bigger than we could do. We had 40 people come to Christ online this year during the time of pandemic. Can we thank God for that today? 40 people, folks. I talked to one lady. Check this out. One lady, she told me, and I haven't seen her. Beverly. She's a great lady. She's probably watching right now. Beverly told me that she comes. She she's come to this church for the last three four years, and she has she watches online. She has a sister in Indiana, the state of Indiana, and they get on the phone. She has her watch online, and after the church is done at noon, they call each other and they discuss the sermon. I said, I hope you say good things. Listen, that's the hand of God Almighty. I thought the problems were big. God said, they're not even problems in my hand, I'm working. And you see, this is what this British minister did. He said, I will never complain. I will keep my home bright. I will count my blessings. And I will turn this into gain. I will turn this into good. Romans 8:28. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes. George Bailey looked at life and he saw the problem right here, folks. It was right smack on him. And he said, I can't get over this problem because he lost his purpose and all he saw was the problem. And if you want to have the wonderful life, I want you to know that you will not get rid of the problems. But you can gain your purpose. And Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. Look what uh, look what Ecclesiastes, he continues on here. He says... And, um, uh, in verse twelve Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen he says that 's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion: Fear God and obey His commands, for this is everyone 's duty. Fear God and obey His commands. Folks, I want to give you this last thought in your notes is this: you haven't started to really live until you found Jesus. You haven't started to live the wonderful life until you found Jesus. I remember years ago they used to say, Life begins at forty that 's a lie." Life begins not even at 50. Life begins when you find Jesus. And when you give your heart to him. And you start to get his perspective on life. I want you to imagine the perspective of Jesus when he came to this earth. And he was born as a humble baby. Lived a humble life. Goes to the cross. He had a perspective that was bigger than what you could see. You know how you do this? You trust the promises of God. You will never find peace, all right? You will never find peace until you learn to trust the promises of God. Faith in the middle of God's promises is the only way that you will find peace. And I want you to catch that because as you're going through life, this is a wonderful life, but there are problems. And when you face those problems, you've got to come to understand that, uh, that there is, I have to have faith in God's promises. And when I put the faith in God's promise, what did God promise me in his word? Number one, he promised me eternal life. Number two, he promised me an abundant life right now. So sometimes I'm looking through life and I'm trying to get my meaning from, from the cycle of life, from all these different things. You will not have that peace until you find... You will not find peace until you find his promises in the midst of trouble. Isaiah 26, three says this, You will keep him in perfect peace. I, read it with me aloud. You will keep him in perfect peace. All who trust in you... All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Your thoughts have got to be fixed on the promises of God. It's Christmas time. I'm going to give you a promise that God gave in His Word as we close here. Over in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Look at this promise. It was a prophecy. said, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. 700 years later Jesus comes and is born and over in Matthew chapter 1 in verse 21 uh, it says uh, he's telling Joseph the angel's telling Joseph and he goes through and he reads uh, tells him that listen you will bring forth a son you'll call his name Jesus, he will save his people from their sins. In verse 22, he says, All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Wow. 700 years later, God kept his promise. Now, in your life, you may think God's not keeping his promise. God's delays are not his denials. Remember that. His delays are not his denials. He is keeping his promises. So have faith. Your life is a gift from God. Folks, every one of you, your life is a gift from God. God's placed in your heart this longing for him. That's what eternity is. It's a longing for God. He wants you to have have him in your life. He came. He fulfilled his promise. And he wants you to be able to enjoy life. And I want to encourage you to go home and count your blessings today. Go home and make the list. Go home and start to look at the perspective of God. Because when you put God's perspective on things, you will find the wonderful life. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, I would like to just take you to Jesus. He said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it to the full. They might have an abundant life. I want you to have that life today. Jesus wants you to have that life That's why he came So would you call upon the Lord today Just open your heart to Jesus He says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Shall be saved Saved from the punishment of their sin So maybe you're in in the building today Or you're online today I'd like to invite you to trust Jesus Just call on him and pray something like this Dear God I need you Lord, I need the wonderful life that comes from you. I'm a sinner. I've offended a holy God. But Jesus, you came to this earth. You kept your promise. You were born as a baby. You lived the perfect life. You died on the cross to pay for my sin. You were buried. You rose again God I invite you into my life right here and for others this morning maybe maybe for you you've had the wrong perspective on life you've been trying to you're working and you're finding it's meaningless doesn't mean you don't work means you find your meaning from God means you get to enjoy life and no matter if you were successful or not successful If there's problems or not problems, there's so many gifts that God's given you. You get to enjoy Him. And I'd like to take you to that wonderful life. It's not a pain-free life. It's not a trouble-free life. But it is a wonderful life. And it's a wonderful life that God gives you. Father God, be with each person. Lord, take us to the perspective of you. Thank you for how you're working, Lord. You've done so many great and mighty things in our church, in our our people's lives, God. Lord, I lift up those that are hurting today, Lord. Many are hurting. Many are grieving. Many have experienced loss, loss of loved ones, loss of income, loss of health. and But God, we know that you're here with us. And eternity is in our hearts because, Lord, we know there's something far bigger. In the midst of our pain, we can look up unto our God from whence comes our help. We thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today. I want to encourage you to be here for Christmas Eve. We'll be in person one, three, five, and 7. Please go online and reserve your spot. That helps us tremendously so we don't overcrowd. You notice the seats are spread apart, so we're, we don't have the capacity that we did last Christmas. But we do have all day. And if anybody wants a midnight service, call me. I'll be there for you, all right? God bless you. Have a great day. Sign up online. If you don't know how to do the online, stop by the Welcome Center and we'll help you out.